in the dark and all alone, growing comfortable. Are you too scared to move and walk out of this room? Buried underneath the lies that you believe, safe and sound, stuck in the ground, too lost to be found. You're just a slave, and it's time to leave. Come on and rise up, take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, your brand new, the power of death couldn't hold you. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, rise up, rise up. Good morning. Rise up, praise our Lord, get our speaking thinking out. When he says your name, the thing that fills your veins with more than blood, it's a God of love that washes sin away. Now the door is open wide, and the stone's been rolled aside. The old is gone, the night has come, so come on and rise up. Take a breath, you're alive now. Can't you hear the voice of Jesus calling us? Out from the grave like Lazarus, your breath. Take 
everyone. Welcome to the Disciples House. Aren't you glad that he's called us to rise up out of the grave? That he's Amen. called us to walk out of the dark. He, he's given us new resurrected hearts so that we can do that. We have to walk away from the dark. Amen. In order to rise up, we have to walk away from the dark and never look back. Remember that. All right. So, Please be seated. All right. So, upcoming events. Uh, September 9th, we're going to have a picnic at the at, at Jackrabbit Beach at the lake. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be there because I'm going out of town tomorrow. Uh, I'm really going to miss that because I really wanted to go. I was looking forward to that. But y'all have fun. <sighs> and uh, let's see. Contending Faith Bible Conference is coming up in Branson, Missouri with Brother Randy Greer. I'm sure me and Robbie will be going to that. Uh, let's see. Ladies shopping trip, uh, November 4th. Um, be looking forward to that. Anyways, it's also the uh, first Saturday of the month. So that'll be the um, prayer for the nation. Uh, so I'm thinking that's going to be me and the guys maybe. Or maybe the girls will go, uh, come pray with us before they go. I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, uh, and then November 17th is our family fellowship uh, evening uh, here at the church, uh, 7 p.m. More details to follow on that. Uh, let's see, and then December 16th is going to be our Christmas fellowship, uh, and then December, more details to follow on that as well. Uh, let's see, uh, December 25th, we'll be, we're going to have a, a Christmas evening service because Christmas falls on a Monday this, this year, so we figured we would... Um, not have a, uh, a Sunday evening service that night so that people can go home and spend time with their families and, and uh, you know, do their normal tr Christmas traditions, and then we'll have a Sunday evening service, uh, or I mean a Monday evening service on Christmas. All right. And then, let's see. So, and then we're, we're planning a, a, an art uh, to go April 18th through the 20th. We're, we're, we're planning on going to go to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum up in Kentucky. Um, uh, that's yeah, we're we're it's in the works. If if you're planning on going, please let us know because that helps us because we're thinking of getting a, a a Airbnb house that we can all stay in and stuff. Uh, but so it helps to know how many people are going. Uh, all right, and then of course Generation Life Youth Camp is uh, July July next year. So we're looking forward to that and be praying for that. And uh, and yep, can't wait. <laughs> Okay, let's see. So for the uh, Jackrabbit Beach uh, event coming up September 9th, uh, the, this Saturday, 
this Saturday. Yeah, not yeah, this Saturday. So the church provide is going to provide a, a sub sandwich tray and water, uh, but um, you provide a, a side to share your swim gear, towel, sunscreen, toys, swimsuits, that's kind of stuff, uh, and we're going to have a good time and fellowship. Uh, please text Pastor uh, Robbie and Miss Ann uh, what you plan to bring so we can make sure that we have a good variety and we're not doubling up on things. Okay. Whew. All right. Meditation for this week. Romans 8.1 is going to be our in him for this week. Uh, there, and it says, there is now, or there, there, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Praise God. So there's no condemnation to us because we are in Christ Jesus. All right. And because we walk after the Spirit, not the flesh. Okay, so our confession, I have no condemnation because I'm in Christ and I walk after this, or walk in the Spirit. All right. So uh, our healing scripture for this week is a kind of a long one, but it's good. So uh, 1 Corinthians six fourteen through 16 says, And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to a harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. All right. So our confession, God raised up the Lord and has also raised me up by, by his own power. My body is a member of Christ. My body no longer belongs to the harlot of sin and sickness. God has made me one flesh with Christ. And I'm not going back. Amen. All right. Well, let's pray for the service. Lord... We just love you, and we come before you. We gather together in your name. And we know that you are here in our midst, because your word says that you are. Lord, we just thank you for being here with us. We thank you for comforting us. We thank you for leading and guiding us, Lord. We thank you for your, your many blessings. We thank you for helping us to be good ground for your word, that, it, that, that it, your word will fall on good ground, and that it will grow in our lives and bear fruit in our lives and in the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, we just, we just love you and we give this service to you. You are the Almighty and you, you hold us in the palm of your hand. We're comforted by that and we, and we just love you and we glorify you. Satan, we bind you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we no longer are joined with you or your harlot. And we will not follow you. We will stand and we will go the way of Jesus. We will follow him and we will do his work. We will do the things that he has called us to do, and we will look towards him. We will press towards him, because he is the high calling. And we, we desire the things of him, and we will have him. And you must leave in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen.
Derek, our confession. Good morning, disciples house. Let's stand up and do our confession together. I, I am, am the, the image, image of God. God. I, am I am spirit and flesh. I am very good. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am crucified. I am a new creation and a new creature. I am dead to the flesh, but I live in Christ. I am dead to sin, quickened to life, saved by grace. I am buried with Christ by baptism. I am raised from the dead with him. I walk in the newness of life. I am forgiven and redeemed. I am an ambassador of Christ. I am the righteousness of God. I am the workmanship of God's hands. I am created and ordained to do good works. I am justified by faith. I am chosen and I abide in Christ. I am holy and without blame. I am predestined for adoption. I am more than a conqueror. I am an overcomer and I am greater. I live, move, and have my being in Christ. I reign as a king in this life. I can do all things in and through Christ. I am near to God by the blood of Jesus. I am raised and seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Jesus, I am here to meet with you. Glory be your name, Father God. We sing holy, holy, holy. I've seen the King of glory Coming down the clouds with fire The whole earth shakes The whole earth shakes I see His love and mercy Washing over all our sin, the people sing, the people sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the
Show me how to love. 
our song be a sweet, sweet sound to your ear. Glory, glory be in your Father. Who is the one? 
back to verse 1. There is singing at the ancient gates. There's a melody of ceaseless praise. Ain't you ways, the sound is only growing stronger. There's a throne beneath the name of names. There is seated on it one who reigns. And his kingdom now is here and getting closer. So praise him like with Just as holy, Jesus, he's so worthy of it all. He exists in everlasting life. So on heaven's street there is no night. Every tear is wiped away for no sorrow. Worship him with joyful time.
Yes, Lord. Holy, 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 holy. Glory, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Miss and Murray and Bridget this morning. Uh, their their 20th anniversary is on the 13th. Uh, however, they've gone to celebrate their anniversary this weekend. They went to a hot air balloon festival and uh, saw some pictures on Facebook, and they had some pretty cool ones. I'll have to show Mom one of the one of the air, hot air balloons. Mom is a Tweety head, <laughs> a Tweety bird. She Mama loves Tweety bird. She does. She loves Tweety Bird. I don't need this this morning. Glory to God. And uh, so I said, oh, i got to show that to Mom. One of them was, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was Tom and Jerry, you know, the little mouse, or if it was uh, Mighty Mouse, but it was one of the mice, mouses. It was cute. Uh, but the, So that's where they are. Glory to God. And uh, this morning, glory to God, we're going to talk about something that I believe is going to help each and every person here. Uh, because, you know, we can think, we, you know, sometimes we think, oh, we're, we got this, we're doing good. But um, sometimes we don't realize that there's things that we're holding on to uh, that are hindering us and hindering our walk. And so uh, we're not going to, you know, you, you guys know a lot of times I like to just give you just a bunch of scriptures. Well, this morning we're just going to focus on one or two, three probably is going to be all we're going to look at this morning, um, but it's going to help you. It's going to help you this morning. And um, I want to go to uh, Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, and uh, we're going to pick up right here in Philippians chapter 3, and uh, we're going to pick up in verse 1, and we're going to, the verse we're trying to get to is 13. But I kind of want you to see some things. And so, well, Pastor, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about leaving your past behind. Leaving your past behind. So many people hold on to things of their past, and they don't realize that, uh, that it's the devil bringing up the past to them constantly. Um, or it's their, own, it's their own mindset that's bringing it up, and it holds you in bondage. Your past will hold you in bondage. Uh, so I want to look here because um, I, w- I, w- I want you to understand why Paul says. In fact, let's just look at our keynote scripture real quick. In verse 13, he says, Behold, this is Paul. And he says, Behold, I count myself as to not have obtained or apprehended. Um, Philippians 3.13. He says, He says, Brethren, I said, go. behold, not brethren. <laughs> brethren, my, my brain goes faster than my tongue sometimes. Brethren, I count not myself as to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting those things which are behind. Um, he, he does that, and he reaches forth onto the things which are before and he says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of the Lord of um, God in Jesus Christ. 
But let's back up to verse 1 and find out what types of things Paul leaves behind. Because we've got to understand some things about Paul to understand what is it that he's leaving behind. So let's back up to verse 1. All right. Chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, I rejoice in the Lord. Well, you for doing an I. It's <laughs> an F. <laughs> what? He said, finally, my brethren, I rejoice in the Lord. You're doing oh, okay. an extra word. All right. He's telling all of us to rejoice. He is. So finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous. But for you, it is safe. Beware of the dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, Persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made comfortable unto his death, or conformable, not comfortable, conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Glory. So Paul, Paul makes some points here. Paul talks about some good things in his life, and he talks about some evil things in his life. First of all, he says, he says finally, brethren, he says, uh, rejoice uh, in the Lord. He's always telling us to rejoice. Paul is saying, don't get down in the mully grubs. He basically, he said, make it a practice of life to rejoice. You need to make it a practice of life to get up in the morning and rejoice. Doesn't matter what your body says or what your head says. You get up, you rejoice. I like what Smith Wigglesworth used to do, and I, I hadn't quite gotten there yet. got to get over my pride probably. Uh, but I like what Smith Wigglesworth used to do. Uh, he'd jump out of the bed and he'd just dance and praise the Lord for 10 minutes every morning. Amen. He didn't, he didn't take a minute 
uh, to, to, and I said, I got to get past my pride because, you know, you got to just to jump out of the bed and start dancing. You got to kind of get over yourself a little bit. You're going to, my husband's going to think I'm crazy too. Uh You know, you, you got to kind of, you kind of got to get past something. Especially if she wakes up before me. Right. Woo. (laughs) Jump out of the bed. Uh, Lester Summerall. I I don't remember if it was Lester Summerall or I think it was Lester Summerall. One of them, one of the fathers of faith, he had a brick. He had a brick that he kept under the bed or right by the bed, and he got up every morning and he danced around the brick every morning. Got around that brick, got danced around that brick every morning. What was he doing? He was just making the decision and the declaration every morning, body, you're not going to tell me what I'm going to think or what I'm going to feel. I'm going to tell you. And, and, and Paul just made this a lifestyle. He said, and he's telling us to, to make this a lifestyle. Notice he said, I write the same things to you. He said, I write the same things. If you read, if you'll, if you'll just, if you'll take every one of the epistles that Paul wrote and you read them one right after the other, he, you'll realize Paul sounds like a broken record. You'll realize Paul sounds like a broken record. He keeps claiming the same things over and over and over. He keeps declaring the same basic principles multiple ways. And so he said this, he said, he said, listen, so what we find in Philippians isn't anything that we didn't find in Romans. It's not anything we don't find in uh, Corinthians or Galatians, Ephesians. We find this in every book. He said, I write the same things to you. He said, to me, indeed, is not grievous. He said, I don't find this grievous. He said, because what I'm doing is I'm bringing you safety. I'm bringing you safety by telling you the same things over and over and over again. Then he says this, he said, beware of dogs. Now, this is important because of what Paul is fixing to say. Now, remember, we're going to see here in a minute that Paul was a Pharisee of the Pharisees and that, what have you. Uh, he was around, Paul grew up and was associated with all of the religious people. He was very indoctrinated into religious things. And one thing we know about religious people is um, they're not really necessarily clean living. They'll say all the right things, but behind closed doors they'll do things. And I find it interesting that Paul uses this word dogs in the New Testament, in the New Greek language, being a scholar of Old Testament, because in the Old Testament, um, the dogs were... (laughs) When, in the Old Testament, when they referred to dogs, they were referring to the cultic male prostitutes or the, homos, the, 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 the religious homosexuals and things like that. He was talking about, so, so I find it interesting that he chose this word dogs. Now, in the Greek, what this word dogs means is it, liter- it means, uh, of course, it does mean an, a literal dog. But how much, you know, Paul wasn't saying, uh, beware of animals running the streets. That's not what he was talking about. No, what he was talking about, he said metaphorically, he's talking about a man of an impure mind. Um, he said, be, he said, so he said this, he said, be, cure, be careful. He's talking to our brothers and sisters in Christ, and he said, be careful of men and women that have an impure mind. In other words, their mind is messed up. Their mind is on the things of Satan, not on the things of God. These people that will kind of talk you into or creep you into the things of sin. He said, be real careful about these people. Or an impudent man. In other words, a man that doesn't think twice about sinning. He said, be careful of these things. 
He said, beware of um, the con con conscious. And what this word means, concision. concision, thank you. I was trying to get my words out. This concision, this word concision means to cut up or um, to, mutilate. to mutilate, mutilation. He's saying, be careful of people that will mutilate the word. In other words, that will cut up the word. In other words, they'll, believe, they'll walk in this part, but they won't walk in this part. Be care, be, and how much do you know that's what religious people do? Religious people will mutilate the word. They'll cut it up. They'll use it for how it fits their life and what they want. And Paul said, be careful of this stuff. He said, be careful about this stuff. And then he said this. He said, and, and, and it's very interesting that Paul gives this warning. And then he begins to talk about who he is. Why? Because he understands the character of the people that he grew up around. He understands the character. He understands the character. And he says this, he says, um, For we are the circumcision, which worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So he's telling us, be careful of these fleshy people. But we're different. We're circumcised. We've cut the works of the flesh out. He's telling them. He's saying, brothers and sisters, we live differently than the world. See, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, people would get circumcised to show their... Um, to show their... Um, their spirituality. <laughs> well, yeah, to show their spirituality and their covenant with, with God. Right. But in the New Testament, he's saying we are the circumcision. That's right. We, we, we are... We are um, we're cutting a part of ourself out spiritually, to, yeah. so to speak, in order to make that covenant with God. And we have to do that. We have to cut that part out of us. It's not just going to fall off of us. It, we don't just go, oh, uh, I wish that would fall off and go away. It's not going to. We have no, to cut it out. Cut. And, and not with a knife physically, but, but with our wills. Yes. And with our spirits. We must cut it out. Yeah, you've got to get your... You've got to get your... your your human will, your human soul, your thoughts and your feelings, to, you have to make that come in agreement with the Spirit. Uh, we were hanging out with uh, some of the young adults and Brianna last night, and uh, Brianna said, um, she, she said, you know, she said, my spirit is so strong. She said, if I even try, if I even think that I want to go do something, she said, Jesus is immediately, no. No, 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 Praise you're not, God, no. he's helping you. She said, and it's every little thing. We tend to say things like, well, my, my spirit just won't allow me to do such and such. Well, does that mean that the spirit, of, that, your, that your spirit will grab a hold of you and force you to do something? No. Nope. Uh, because in that, because that, that, that's how Satan operates. But it means she's becoming sensitive but to what the it spirit means and she's is listening to it and she's submitting to it. The conviction in your spirit. Listen, conviction is not a bad thing. Conviction is actually a tool of God to get you in a position where you can walk right with him so that he can use you for his glory condemnation is of satan that that guilt and that shame and that sorrow that comes if you've got that going on in your life then you're dealing then satan's dealing with you satan's eating your lunch and you got to stand up to him and you guys say no no that's under the blood we're going to talk about it a little bit more but if that's what you're dealing with then that's satan and operating is operating in your life 
Now, does that mean if Satan's operating in your life that you've got some great sin and you're, you're just horrible and you just need to leave? No, it doesn't mean any of that. It just simply means that right now, that all it simply means is Satan is trying to prevent you from moving forward. He's trying to prevent you from moving forward. That's all that means. And so when we, you've got to, have, you've got to get to the place where you say, mm, my spirit says, mm, my spirit says, I don't care. You've you got to get to the place where you go, brain, I don't care what you think. My spirit says, my spirit says. And that's what Paul said. Paul was telling them, see, because Paul was dealing with generations that, had all, that all they ever knew was to be directed by their flesh and by the law. And when the law and the flesh didn't agree, they hid what the flesh did. They hid it. Um, and then, you know, for those that were trying, and then, and then he also lived where people just, they didn't live by the Jewish law, nor, and, and all they lived by was by their flesh. That's all they lived by. Uh, and that's where all that pagan worship and all of that comes from. So he said, no, he makes a strong declaration. And we need to make this strong declaration. You need to highlight this, mark this, write this down. You need to make this strong declaration. I am circumcised with Christ. Amen. Or I am the circumcision of Christ. Um, I worship God in the spirit. I rejoice in Christ Jesus. I have no confidence in the flesh. So many people get in sin because they've got a pride of the flesh. They say, I can do it. I can handle it. I can handle it. I've heard people say this to me. They said, Pastor, I just believe that I can handle that level of sin. I won't do this sin, this sin, this sin, and this sin because that will take me too far. But this sin right here, I can handle it. What's that called? That's called confidence in the flesh. But here's the deal. Sin will take you farther than you ever wanted to go. Sin will cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. And sin will keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay. It will. Absolutely. It absolutely will. Um, and, and, And what happens when you have a sin in your life and you don't handle it immediately, then here comes the next sin. But because you haven't handled the first sin, Satan uses the condemnation of that sin to take you down with the next sin. And before you know it, you've got a snowball of sin in your life. See, that, that little sin that you think you can handle, it's like propping the door open with your foot. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it leaves that door open just a crack for Satan to get in. And you know what? Him and his buddies, they're going to come through and they're going to shove that door wide, wide open. Wide open. Wide open. But Paul said this. He said... He said, though I may also have confidence in the flesh. He said, I have no confidence in the flesh. And then he turned around and he said, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. In other words, he said, there's things in my past that I can have some pride about. There's some things in my past that I can look at. He says, if any man, uh, if any other man thinketh that he uh, hath uh, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He said, listen, he said, you may think, and that sounds like a lot of double talk, and it I understand is. that sounds like a lot of double talk, but basically what he's saying, he said, listen, he said, you think you've got some education, some, uh, some, some might, some ability, you got some things you can look to in the natural, listen, I've got more than you've got. I've got more reason, 
more reason. I've got more education. I've got more experience. I've got more strength. I've got more mental ability. He said, listen, he said, in other words, Paul did not necessarily, in this particular situation, Paul was not looking at he's a lowly, no good somebody. Paul's looking at he's educated, he's strong, he holds a power of position, he holds a power of authority. He, I mean, he's got it going on. He's, he goes in and says he was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. That means that, that, that he was, his life was dedicated to God from the very first. Yep. From, from the eighth day, he was dedicated and he was covered under, under the covenant. Under the Jewish law. I mean, he is, he is a Jew of Jews. I mean, he's not one. He's not of one of the tribes that's no longer following Jesus. He's still. I mean, from the from, from birth, they're following the Jewish law. He if was, anybody gets in with God, it's him. He says, "I was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews." He, I mean, he did it. I mean, he followed the law. I mean, he was a. He was not. Paul was not a heathen. Paul was a law-abiding, legal Jew. He was, I mean, if, if, I mean, he was a Jew of the Jews. If anybody was going to make God, it was going to be Paul. Yeah. As, as touching the law, he was a Pharisee. And, and as a Pharisee, they're one of the leaders of, of, of the Jews. They, they were one of the leaders of the Sanhedrin. They were, they were the leading body because uh, back then the Jews were led by, by, by the priests. Yeah. Not, not by kings. So, I mean, he knew the law. He understood the law. And look at what it says about him. He, and, I mean, he didn't, just, he, didn't just go to, he didn't just go to Jewish school. He, did, he didn't just go to the school of the Pharisees. He, I mean, he operated as a Pharisee. Yeah. And then he says he was, that, that he was zealous. So concerning zealous, he persecuted the church, the, the Christian church. Yeah, he did. Not the Jews, but the, the, the Christian church. He persecuted them because that's what Jews did back then. They didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't, that, and they were going to take down this church that was, how dare they stand up before their God? Let me tell you what Paul did. Because let's, let's finish reading. He said, he said, persecuting the church, touching the righteous, which is in the law, blameless. Now, under the law, under the Old Testament law, if you, he was 100%, he was 100% within his legal rights according to the law to do what he did because because they truly with everything in them believed that this new christian uh population these gentiles these jews that were selling out their their um legacy he truly thought that they were infidels of the law he thought that they were true law breakers i mean he truly believed with everything in him that everything that he was doing was pleasing to God, and under the old Hebrew, because he was blinded, and under the old Hebrew covenant, it was a a covenant of flesh and blood. It was. It wasn't of the spirit. They didn't have Jesus yet. They didn't have the Holy Spirit yet. It was it was a flesh and blood covenant, and therefore everything you did had to fall under the blood. And he said, look at what he said. He said, blameless. He said, according to the letter of the Old Testament law, I am blameless. But. Within that statement, persecuting the church. Let me tell you what Paul did. I mean, he had letters of authority giving him the right to do it. But let me tell you what he did. He went and ripped men, women, and children out of their homes. Ripped them out of their homes violently. And, and bound them. 
and and uh, hit them and punched them and and beat them mercilessly, and 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 sent them sent them to uh, the torturers to be tortured that they might reject Christianity. I mean, he killed men, he killed women, and probably children uh, in the process for denying the God of Israel. And he thought that he was right. He thought that he was right. He thought that everything that he was doing was right. And he's, he's destroying homes. He's killing men, women, and children. He's torturing them. And he's going from city to city and village to village. He was there and consenting at the stoning of Stephen. He, he, was, the, he was one of the enforcers for the He Pharisees. held the coats of the ones that stoned Stephen. I mean, come on. This is, this is I mean, he, uh, anybody so, that could hold on to their past, coming to know Jesus Christ and knowing how many servants of Christ he killed, Knowing how many children of Christ he, how many, how many of those people, how many of those men and women and children did he destroy? If he didn't kill the children, he destroyed their homes. For for the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin, there was no more zealous man than Paul. Than Paul, there was no more. He I mean, was an enforcer for their beliefs. I mean, that nobody stood out more than him. In fact, the, in fact, the entire when um, when 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 Paul met. Uh, Jesus on the road to Damascus, he sent him um, to uh, he, he sent them, he sent him into this street. He said, "Wait there, and I'm going to send a man to you, and that man is going to going to uh, heal you of your blindness and help you and what have you." And uh, and so Jesus and Jesus sent an angel to Ananias, not Ananias and Sapphira, but another Ananias. He sent an angel to Ananias and, and told Ananias, he said, "Listen." He said, over here in this place, there's, there's a Saul of Tardis. And uh, you need to go there. You need to lay hands on him and heal him and get him filled with the Holy Ghost. And Ananias said, uh, Jesus, are you trying to get me killed? I'm just summarizing. He said, Lord God, are you trying to kill, get me killed? I know the reputation of this Saul. I know who this Saul is. He said, he's the most evil i'm just summarizing and i'm putting in language we understand he's the most evil he's the most committed he's the most dedicated evil pharisee of the pharisees and he is absolutely out to kill every one of us and we're getting a little sidetracked here but 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 we're, well, we're really not because i want you to see the. i want you to understand paul's background I want you to understand Paul's background. And the background. point being, he was, a, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He, there was no one more dedicated more to God than him. If there was anyone in the history of the Jews that could stand on the flesh with confidence, it was him. It was him. But at the same time, he also had a lot of baggage that the devil could beat him over the head with. And that's the point. He had a lot of baggage. Because how much do you know uh, when he came to know Christ? How much do you know Satan came to him and said, Who are you to now be the voice piece of God? Don't you remember this one that you killed? Don't you remember that one that you killed? Don't you remember that one that you whipped within an inch of their life? 
Don't you remember this one that you beheaded? Don't you remember this one whose coat? Remember you held the coats of this one while Stephen's face shined with that of an angel? Don't you remember you doing this? You sorry, no good person. You, who are you to think that God can ever use you? How much you know the devil got I mean, the devil had it. How much you know the devil said, here you were, you thought you were a scholar of the word, and you didn't, you couldn't even, I mean, we can look at the Old Testament, we can look at the Old Scriptures, and we can go, oh, you see Jesus so plainly now. But how much you know when, how much you know when Paul stood there in the Scriptures, and he began, and God began to open his eyes up to the Scriptures of the Old Testament, because he didn't have the New Testament. Remember, Paul was writing the New Testament, a good portion of it. All he had was the Old Testament. And how much you know when God, when the Holy Spirit came on him and he began to see Jesus in the Old Testament? How much do you know Satan came against him and said, Who are you to say that that's what that means? You've, you've, you were raised on, you cut your teeth on these scriptures, and you know that's not what that means. How can you, how can you get that? You, you don't. Are you sure you can understand the scriptures? How much do you know Satan had every tool in his toolbox? I mean, Satan had plenty of ammo to use against Paul, to call, to get Paul to question, did he even understand the scriptures? Did he even know who God was? Did he even qualify to be used by God? You know, he had... You know, he had a lot to overcome. Most people don't understand this in the book of Acts. From the time that that Saul met Jesus on the road to Damascus to the time that he really stepped out into his ministry was about 14 years. Most people don't know that. Most people don't know that he went away from his homeland and he went to where the apostles were, the majority of the apostles, and he sat under their teaching for years. For years, most people don't understand that. He went and sat under them for years. What was he doing? He was dealing with his past. He was dealing with Satan. He was dealing with how to get over all of this. And then he comes out like, I mean, he comes out like a shot, like a cannon. And even when he comes out, everybody's still like, ooh, we remember him. Ooh, we remember him. Ooh, we ha- he had to have some people vouch for him. If you'll remember, but uh, he went and uh, he went and sat under the apostles for quite some time, and he said this. Look at what he says in verse seven. He says, "But what things were gained to me, those I counted for loss for Christ." Listen, at some point you've got to figure out that um, the good things, the things that you can look at. You know, some people, I mean, I think of Reverend, I think of Reverend Larry Hutton when I think of this. Reverend Larry Hutton was a pilot for Delta for years. He was a pilot for Delta for years. And listen, you don't become a a pilot overnight. You put years and years of training, years and years of studying, and you definitely don't become a commercial pilot overnight. And not only do you put years of, I mean, you put a lot of time and energy in the study, but you also put a lot of time in the planes and in the, and in the simulators. But uh, every time you do that, that costs you big money. 
Because you have to pay for the plane. You have to pay for the fuel. You have to pay for the pilot. You have to pay for the test. You have to pay. So he put a lot of money. He put a lot of time. He put a lot of work. He put a lot of education into being a, a pilot, a commercial pilot. And he's got this career, but then all of a sudden he comes in contact with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ says, no, son, I have a different plan for you. I want you to become a minister of the gospel of Christ. Uh, how much you know, one of Larry Hutton's uh, questions was, uh, but Lord, what about all my time? What about all my expense? What about all my education? What about all my certifications? Because you've got to certify every six months. You know, what about all of this? What about all of this? God said, no, i got a different plan. I'm going to take you a different path. I'm going to take you a different way. And he said, um, he said, but listen, he said, look at what it says. He said, but those things that were gained to me, I counted it lost for Christ. The scriptures say that he who loses his life finds his life, and he who keeps his life loses his life. You can keep your worldly life and lose absolutely everything and end up in hell for eternity or you can say jesus i surrender i surrender my past and my future i surrender everything to you and you'll gain more life than you can ever imagine and it's a good life it's a good life he said he said i count it all loss he said yet doubtless and i count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. In other words, he said, it doesn't matter how much I know in my mind. He said, I'll lose every bit of it to know the excellent knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To know that knowledge. At some point, you've got to wash away your, ha- your past. You've got to wash that past away from you. You've got to get that past gone from you. You've got to say, okay, i got to start... Listen, part of losing your past is you've got to learn to live differently. You can't get up every morning and every day and start the, way, the day the same way you started it for the past 20, 30, 40 years, and then somewhere midday, late in the afternoon, decide, oh, okay, now I'm going to do, do the day different. No, you gotta, at some point you've got to decide, oh, this morning I'm getting up and I'm doing life different. I'm doing it different than the way I've always done it. You know, I mean, and, and we can think, and, and, well, Pastor, but do we really? Well, think about this. If, you're, if you are an alcoholic, if the first thing you do is get up in the morning, go to the refrigerator and get a beer, uh, how much do you know in order to begin to live in Christ differently, you're going to have to change that habit? Well, we expect them to change their habit, but if you get up first thing in the morning and you have a conversation with the devil about how sorry you are, is it okay for you to keep your lifestyle? No. Why? Because that's your beer can. That's your beer can. You're still fellowshipping with the devil. No, you got to change your thinking. You got to change. He went on to say, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. See, you got to realize that he was a, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee in high standing with the, the Pharisees and the Jews. That means he had money, he had prestige, he had fame. He had power. People feared him. When he walked into a room, Jews regretted their sins. 
Yeah. Because they were afraid he was going to call them to the carpet. That's right. And by that, I don't mean just, oh, dress them down. Mm -hmm. He was going to stone them or beat them or have them drug out. Yep. They feared him. Yep. And he had, that is, that is power in any society. Yep. And he, so he, but they, this was all dung. He counted it all no, as nothing. It was, it was, it was beneath him. But I want to talk about another type of dung that we deal with. And, and this dung is, this dung is the, is the dung of the glory days. The dung of the glory days. Oh, our glory days. Oh, we had such a good time. I mean, we'd get together and we'd have so much fun. And I mean, we'd do this and we went. I mean, we did all kinds of crazy things. We piled 16 of us in the car and drove down. And I mean, we didn't have no headlights. And I hung out on the hood with a flashlight. Like, all oh, the glory, stupid days. We like to hold on to those. Well, what if, what if uh, Paul held on to his glory days? Yeah, man, back in the day, I had so much authority and so much power. There was this one dude, he was speaking by the power of God. I mean, his face was even lit up like a candle. And I had so much power and authority, I held the coats while the Pharisees uh, stoned him. But, man, it, man that was, it, I missed the days of so much power and authority. What if he had held on to the glory? What if he had held on to the glory? The good times, you know. Oh, maybe he didn't hold on to that, but maybe he held on to the good times of, oh, back in the day, you know, I had, you know, I was with the, I was with the who's who's of the hierarchies. I was with the, listen, you gotta, you, because when you hold on to the glory, you also hold on to the sin that got you there. When you hold on to the glory, you also hold on to the sin that got you there. And he said every bit of it, the good and the bad are all dung. Mm -hmm. The good and the bad of your past is all dung. And it, now let me ask you a question. And I'm not trying to be crude or gross or anything, but we all understand what he means by dung. When was, I mean, I mean, maybe you're a little weird, I don't know, but last time I checked, most people don't, you know, they don't want to use deal the with toilet them. and then turn around and glorify. Ooh, look at that dung. Man, I remember that meal. That meal was so tasty and so good. And Oh, let me just tell you about that meal. Most times people don't do that. No. But how much you know that's exactly what you do when you hold on to your past? That's exactly what you do when you hold on to your past. He said, no, it's all dung. What do we do with dung? Man, we flush it quick. Especially when it starts, especially, I mean, when it starts to stink. I mean, you even do the courtesy flushes. That stinketh. Oh, courtesy flush. Woo, that's rough. But listen, you need to courtesy flush your mind from time to time. You need to go... Oh, that ain't good. No, Psh, flush. And how much you know? Once you flush it, you ain't bringing it back. And see the things you that, ain't bringing it back. The things that Paul had that he, that he could have looked on like that were things that people in his society would have praised him for. Absolutely. Today's society, you know, um, Jim Carrey, he's turned his life over to the Lord. Supposedly. Kind of hard to believe, but. I mean, I'm, I don't know. That's but, what he but, said. But he could, he could hold on to the things of his glory days. He could talk to people about when, 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 when women used to throw themselves at his feet. 
and 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 how much money he had, and how much prestige he had, and how much fame he had, and how and how, and how, and how he and made how, all these, how he made his billions also teaching people to lie. Right, T- teaching people to lie, and and also he made his millions by 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 allowing de- demon demon spirits to possess him so that he could portray all these characters. That's right. You know, uh, he could he could do that. He could, and people in today's society would praise him for it. Yeah. But that's. That's not who we're called to be. That's mm-hmm. not who Paul was called to be. Mm-hmm. That's not who Christians are called to be. They are to count that, that stuff as dung and leave it in the past and look forward to the to moving forward towards the high calling, the That's pressing right. towards the mark. You leave all that sin and all that junk, the stuff that you thought was valuable back then, you leave it behind. Because yeah. yeah. it's not valuable. You gotta, it's, you not, gotta, it's not valuable to God, and that's who's important. Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta flush that stuff. All right, let's keep going. Verse nine. All right, and be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness. Listen, He said, "I'm because we're caught up with making ourselves righteous. We're caught up with building ourselves up. We're caught up with making ourselves right." Listen, you ain't nothing. You can do makes you righteous. You are not any more right. You listen. You are. You are 100% as righteous as you will ever be. You can't, there's nothing you can do that will make yourself more righteous. There's nothing you can do to make your righteousness higher than it already is because your righteousness is not in your own works, power, might, and ability. Your righteousness is in and through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what your righteousness is. Your responsibility is to maintain your righteousness. You're not trying to obtain it. Your job is to maintain it. Glory to God. He said, so in the Old Testament, their righteousness was according to how well they followed the law. Well, guess what? Our righteousness is how well we follow our spirit. How well do we follow our spirit? I got news for you. You can get to the place where a thought will enter your mind and and immediately your spirit will go, nope, don't touch that. You can get to that place. You can get to that place, but it's going to take W-O-R-K. Yep. It's going to take work. It's going to take, um, this thought doesn't agree with God. I'm throwing it away. This, oh, wait, this thought's from my past. It's already under the blood. I'm not going there. Uh, wait, this thought's from uh, unforgiveness. I've already chosen to forgive. I'm not going there. It's going to take circumcision or yes. or. Or Circumcision, dedication, commitment. It's got, or, or, oh, I, I lost word. But anyways, Thank it's going to take Lord. circumcision. It's going to take circumcising the flesh or cruci- crucifying the flesh. That was the word I was looking for. Crucifying the flesh. Putting it down. Putting it under. Using your will and your spirit to say no. That's you right. cannot, flesh, you cannot have what you what you desire to have. It's not hitting it. I'm not going that way. I'm following the Lord. Yep. Let's keep going. All right, so. Uh, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Listen. So when we crucify our flesh and we crucify uh, and we and we circumcise our flesh, we are we are partaking of the suffering of jesus and when we say crucify the flesh we're not just talking what you physically do we're also talking about what you think 
Yes. Crucify, crucify the thoughts of your mind. It starts there. Crucify the thoughts of your mind. If you well, let your thoughts run wild, eventually your, fre- your flesh, flesh is going to run wild, wild too. With it. You've got to say, you've got to learn to say, no, that's under the blood. No, that's repented. God doesn't remember it. I don't remember it. God doesn't remember it. I don't remember it. You've got to get to that place. You've got to get your mind to thinking like Jesus thinks. You've got to. You've got to. I've had people ask me, well, Pastor, I hear you saying, well, uh, just forget it and let it go. But how can you forget? It's always embedded in the mind. Well, the power of Jesus is not so weak that it can't wash that memory from your mind. There are sins in my past that, yes, I'm aware of them, but most of the time I don't even think of them. They don't even come in my mind. The only time that sins enter my mind, past sins enter my mind is when I'm counseling to somebody and they're feeling like this down and they're feeling poopy and they're just, oh, I'm such a horrible person and blah, 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 blah. In that situation, I can purposely access, well, Lord, can I relate to them? And the Lord will say, yeah. Uh, remember you had this, you had, he doesn't give me the details. I mean, but he, but, but I'll just say, Lord, can I relate to them? And I, because God doesn't remember our sins, but somehow the Lord will bring it to my, bring me, you know, I'll go, I, I can pull that from the recesses of my mind. The Holy Spirit can bring all things to my remembrance, not his remembrance, but to my remembrance. It's lodged in my brain. And so I can go, you know what, because I'm aware of it, I can go, you know what? I used, to, I used to have a sin problem. You know, yeah, I, 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 dic- I remember that I drink. But honestly, I don't, I don't if you ask me for details, I'm, I'm so far, I put it so far behind me that I'd have to work to remember details. And honestly, I don't want to remember them, so why would I work to do that? Why would I want to go there? Why would I want to go there? I remember talking to the Lord one time, and I said, I said, Lord, I said, you know, I, I understand um, that, that I had this particular sin back here in my days. And I said, Lord, I can, I, can, I can deal with the knowledge of the fact that I had that particular sin in my life. I said, but what I cannot cope with and what I cannot deal with is the movies that run in my head. The movies. I said, Lord, I need your mercy and I need your grace. Because over in Hebrews it says you can go boldly to the throne room of God. And I went boldly and I said, Lord, I need the movies to go away. I need you to take the movies. Because I'm a very visual person. And God speaks to me in images. So he understood what I was talking about. And I mean instantly, just like that, the movie reels stopped playing. And okay, so now I'm conscious, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of a sin that was back there. And, and, uh, but honestly... They don't play in my head. Why? Because I left it behind. And I don't go back and play the reels. Could I, could I if I wanted to? Absolutely. But why do I want to? Because if I hold on to it, if Derek's my past, and I hold on to my past and I refuse to let it go, how in the world are you going anywhere? I'm not going anywhere. He's not putting in a lot of effort. He's really not. I, on the other hand, I'm like, I can't move. And honestly, Why? that's that's, our, I, he's that's not, how heavy he's our not holding. 
That's how, that's how mean, heavy he, and how strong no, our, our task like is. No, he's like grabbing my hand. Derek, on the other hand, look, Derek, look, Derek's hand is light. Look, I can slide my hand out of it. But I'm the one holding on to him, and I'm the one pulling. As soon as I let go, he lets go. He's not the one holding me. I'm the one holding me. Man, again, I can let go of it just like that. Or I can grab a hold on to him with everything I've got, and I can try to pull him, and I can't go. But I let go. See, it's all me yep. holding on to my past. And your past is just that strong. If you hold on to it, it's going to hold you back. There's nothing you can do to pull free from it except to let go. See, uh, crucifying the flesh starts in the mind. You have, you, have to, you, have to put, you have to take captive those thoughts and put them down. Take, for instance, I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow to go, to go out to Oregon. I, I got upgraded uh, for free. To a, to a first class seat. Praise God. First thought into my mind is, oh, I could have alcohol for for free, and I get and I don't have to pay a thing for it, and and nobody would know. But how much? It's the devil. But you know what? That's 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 a thought of the devil. I need to take that captive and say, no, devil, that stuff's behind me, because I'll tell you what, if I give in to that and I t- and I have that drink, other things are going to follow, that's and pretty right. soon, pretty soon, I'm going to be in, in in deep trouble. But I have to. But I have to. I have to take that thought captive and say, "Devil, you're not getting away with that. I'm not going that way anymore. I'm following God. I'm pressing towards the high mark. I am not going back to that. I'm leaving it behind. You must get out in the name of Jesus." Now I don't know if you heard it or not, but Jackie said, "What's going to follow behind is a nap." But see, she's thinking. What did you say? What did you? Oh. I got you. I thought what I heard you say is I got a nap, but. But well, I, let me finish. I thought you said a nap, okay? I thought that's what she said was a nap. Like, I'm going to drink some alcohol, and then I'm going to take a nap. That's what's going to follow, right? Because I'm on the airplane. I'm just going to chill out, right? But here's the deal. That's what most people think when it comes to sin. They think of the immediate benefit. Yep. But what people don't realize is, okay, you might get that benefit, but what he talked about is I opened that door for that drink there. Then I'm going to be on the fire. They're going to want to go out to dinner, and they're going to expect they're me gonna to drink. They're going to want to drink. And then, and then it's going to become a habit, and then it's... And they're going to want to cuss, and they're going to want to talk about sex, and they're going to want to do all kinds of stuff. I'm not going there. I'm leaving it behind. We have to leave that stuff behind and not look back. It's, it's gone. you got to leave it. you got to leave it. Well, but pastor, is that scriptural? Well, let's just read just a couple. Just to now, that doesn't mean the desire will go away, because the things of your past are, are, are there, but you have to choose to let it go but here's the deal he doesn't always have that he doesn't have a daily thought oh i could have me some alcohol no, but every once in a while but i'll tell you what it used to be i liked to drink i used to every once I, in a while and, a and i, I, I could pick up. it up just like that if i wanted to but i'm not gonna it doesn't mean that he has a desire for it every day he doesn't but but every once in a while and this is where and this is where a lot of christians get into a mess they go, oh, I've got that licked, and they let their guard down. And before you know it, they let little things slip in. I'll give you an example, because it's a struggle I'm still struggling with. I got profanity out of my mouth. I mean, I had my mouth so clean, it was whistly clean. I mean, it was clean. Well, then I had a pastor's wife for 13 years that in her mind, the word crop was okay. Not cussing, I'm just saying. 
You know, oh, that's just a, that's just a slang word. It doesn't, you know, it's the intent of the heart. Well, I, I can't know. That's not, I'm not okay with that word. That's not okay. You did it, 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 it. But it was, but I was inundated with it because I couldn't get away with it. I was inundated with it to where it's now part of my language and I'm now having to go back and go, I'm sorry, I shouldn't use that word. I'm having to go back and do the same thing I did way back here to get that word back out of my language. Why? Because it's a gate word. And I shouldn't use it. You know, you don't, it, yeah, it's the intent of the heart, and that's not the intent that I mean it, but if I'm using it in that, you know, if I'm using it kind of that way a little bit, it's a gateway. I can't do that. See, I've got to keep my guard up at all times, and it doesn't matter if it's your pastor that's in sin, your pastor's wife that's doing something they shouldn't do. It doesn't matter if it's the youth leader, if it's the praise and worship leader. It doesn't matter if it's the usher in the church. If God has dealt with you, you don't do it, period. Amen. Period. But see, we let our guard down, and it gets us in trouble. In either case. Okay. 13? Yes. Okay. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Means he hasn't arrived. He hasn't been perfected. He knows he is he's not, not perfect. perfect. He knows it. How much do you know? Uh, uh, Zach, are you perfect? Oh, no. James, are you perfect? Miss Ann, are you perfect back there? No. How much do you know? We know we're not perfect. I just told you my first thought with, with the first class ticket, ticket wasn't, oh, praise God I, for the blessing. It was, hey, I could have free alcohol. Oh, wow. Where did that thought just fly? And here's what Dad Hagen used to say. Reverend Kenneth Hagen, this is what he said. He said, listen, he, can't, he said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head. How much you know that thought was a bird flying over your head? But you can stop the bird from landing on your head and making a nest. How much do you know? Uh, Pastor Mike did not even allow the thought to land. No. It didn't even land. It just flew right and on honestly, by. honestly, I told everybody to help myself walk away from that. Yeah. Because that bird keeps buzzing. <laughs> that bird's a circling. Sometimes your thoughts will circle. And you just got to keep going, get off, get off, get off. Yep. Eventually, the bird will give up. <clears throat> He'll get tired eventually. All right. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Praise God. And reaching forth unto those things which are before, which is glory, salvation, yep. the, the things, things of that, God. The things of pressing toward. The fruits he tells of the us, Spirit. He tells us exactly what's ahead. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But here's the problem. Most people get their steps out of order. Most people go to this step right here. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. But they never take the step of leaving their past behind. You've got to leave the past of hurts behind. You've got to leave the, you've got to leave the past of failed relationships behind. You've got to leave the past of, oh, my parents, my parents raised me this way. You've got to leave that behind. Well, I was abused. You've got to leave that behind. Well, I was mistreated. Leave it behind. Well, I was a sinner of sinners. Leave it behind. Well, I rebelled because I had crazy thinking. Leave it behind. Leave it behind. Put it behind you. Well, I don't know how to put it behind me. Be, a, be an emulator of God. Go to 1 John 1.9. 
be an emulator of God. First John 1 John 1.9. Little John. Little John. Little John. But not the least. Right. <laughs> Little John, but not the least John. Come on, John. Come on. First John. All right. It says. One nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice it says, if we confess our sins. When you are, when you are outside of fellowship with God and you are, you, you're basically a non-believer and then you come into contact with God and you uh, Romans 10, 9, and 10, you confess with your mouth, believing that Jesus Christ, uh, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. When you, make that, when you make that commitment to Christ, God washes every sin of your past off your record. He washes every sin away in Jesus' name. He washes it all away. Come here. Stop itching in the name of Jesus. Now, skin, line up. Stop being irritated and settle down in Jesus' name. Now, you refuse to scratch it. And just thank God that it's healed. Uh, you have what's called the remission of sin. And the remission of sin is the washing away of everything that you've ever done before you receive Christ. Every sin is washed. But here's what most people don't understand, and it's not taught well enough in the, in the church. There is no second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth remission. Once your sins are washed, they're washed. They're, once they're gone, they're gone. There's no more remission. In other words, you can't say one prayer and get your slate cleaned. Boom. That doesn't work anymore. Why? Because there's only one sacrifice. That sacrifice is the Lord Jesus Christ. See, in the Old Testament, once a year they would go um, sacrifice bulls and lambs for the, for the covering of sin. And once that sin was covered, they go, okay, that sin's under the blood, we're good, we've got the next year, and they probably tried to live right for a few months, and then they'd sin, and, what, and they had to wait for the, next, for the next sacrifice. With us, there's no more sacrifice. There's one. Which is why when Jesus, when people got born again, when they got set free from demons, things like that, and they got born again, you know, when, that, when the, when the um, man in the tombs, the possessed man got set free, Jesus said, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. In other words, he said, if you go back into sin, these demons have every right to come back. You know, he, he told them that. And so when we come into Christ, we have an obligation to no longer sin. But what if we do sin? First John 1, 9. Amen. You immediately confess it. You immediately change your thinking on the subject. You immediately go, like Pastor Mike, uh, the thought came, he took the thought captive. So did he sin? No. But if he took the thought and kind of pondered, hmm, I wonder what I would, then he's pondering on it. Then he'd have something to repent for because he responded to the thought. But now, if he doesn't repent for that, and like he said, and then things began to snowball. And then he not only did he, did he think on the thing, but then he took action on the thing. And then he covered the thing. And then he did the act again, like it snowballed. 
then you've got all of these sins piling up and there's no remission for them. There's no remission for them. This is why it's critical that we repent immediately. Because when we go to meet Jesus in the sky, when we go before the judgment seat of Christ, any sin that is not repented, we're going to have to give an account for. Any unrepented sin. And so... So this is why it's so critical that we repent immediately. I'm greatly concerned about the backslider's prayer. I'm greatly concerned about it. Because they say, well, if you've not been following Jesus, you know, you've allowed some sin in your life, well, let's just pray this prayer. They get born, and they're like, oh, I rededicated. But did you repent? Because if you didn't repent, that sin is still on your slate. Plus, if you didn't take it captive, if you don't start taking captive those thoughts, you're never going to break away from it. You'll right. continuously go back to it. Right. So, so, but that sin is still on the plate. So you've got to get, you got to get there, and um, and and so you got to, you got to repent for those things. So sometimes, the Lord will bring up your past to you, with a conviction about it, so that you can repent, so you can get it off your plate. But then there's times when the devil will bring things up because it's unrepented and he'll try to get you into condemnation about it. Or sometimes the devil will bring things up that you've repented for and he just wants you in condemnation because you still have the mind of it. You still have the mindset of it. Okay? So when I came back, so we were out of the church for 12 years, weren't living for God at all, had all kinds of mess in our life, um, just all kinds of mess. Well, I got, you know, I started... You know, our pastor would give us, you know, uh, altar calls for salvation and stuff. And he'd say, if you know, you've never prayed this prayer. You've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know that I prayed that specific prayer. But, I mean, I know that I had Jesus. You know, and he'd also say, if you have the witness in the heart that you know that you know that you're heaven-bound, then you prayed the prayer. Well, I'm going, well, I had that when I was a kid. I had that with a, through a teenager. Not going to lie, that's kind of been wavering up until now I'm back in church. So I'm really not sure about where I stand with God. I was kind of confused, and I'd go to pray the prayer of salvation, but yet it wouldn't land. Why? Because my heart had already been given to him as a child, but it wouldn't land. But then we'd sing these songs about Jesus leaving his heaven and coming to the earth and going to the cross and going to the grave. And going to hell for us. And being raised up. Being our example. And all of these things in my past would come to mind. And I just found out in my spirit, I'd just start to cry. And I'd just say, God, I'm so sorry. I'd remember things. God, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry for everything that I've done. I'm so sorry for the people I've hurt. I'm so sorry for tearing people down. Because I was a mean redhead. I was mean. And I just, oh, I'm so sorry. And I mean, this went on for months. Well, why did it go on for months? Because I had 12 years of repenting to do. 12 years of repenting to do. And even now, there's sometimes something will come up. God will bring something, I mean, from years ago. Then all of a sudden, he'll come up, it'll come up to my memory. And when it does, I just go, Lord, I'm so, Lord, I forgot all about that. Thank you for bringing it to my remembrance so that I can repent. Father, I'm so sorry that that's the way I behaved. I know that's not how I should have behaved. Father, I'm not behaving that way anymore. Father, forgive me. 
you know, I've told you, yeah, you know, Michael and I, we have a wonderful marriage now, but we had we had a hard marriage for years. And there were a lot of bad seeds sowed in the beginning. And I was just weeping and crying to him, what, last week, week before? I said, I said I'm so sorry for the things that I've said that's, that's increased your insecurities. Because, I mean, I grew up in a family with the colonel's granddaughter. Listen, that's old man's military. I can, cut you, I can cut you down to feel about this small, just like Grandpa could in about five words or less. And when we were married, we weren't living for Jesus. I was a professional, and he was my target most of the time. And that just, that just added to it. And so I'm weeping and crying because the Lord was showing me some things about that. And I just, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Why? God's getting it off of my plate, and he's allowing me to bring healing to myself and to him. So sometimes God will bring up things in your past, but when he does, don't beat yourself over your head with it. Do what Paul said. Do what the scriptures tell us. Repent. Confess to the person if possible. If that person's no longer in your life and you can't confess to them, God's not going to hold that against you. But if that person is in your life and you can go back to them and you can say, listen, I'm sorry for the way I behaved. I'm sorry for the way I treated you. I'm sorry for the way I did this. Rather, they say, if they say, oh, I don't care nothing about you. You're just a sorry, no good, nobody. I ain't receiving nothing from you. If that's how they respond, that's on them. You turn around and you say, Father, I did what you told me to do. It's repented. I've repented to you. I've repented to them. It's under the blood. Now I can walk clean. I can walk fresh. And I can leave it behind. But if you don't have that fellowship, if you don't have that relationship, if you can't go to that person, God's not going to hold that against you. Get your heart right with him. Now, if he tells you to go do it, don't be in sin of disobedience. No, go do that. But, but here's the deal. You see, you've got to, you've got to, and when the devil brings these things up, because I did, I cried to, I, I, I repented to my God, I repented to God, I did everything right. And here come the devil the next day. Look at you tearing your husband down. Look at how bad you are. You wonder why he has the insecurity. And this is what I said. I said, devil, I've repented. It's under the blood. I've, I've asked my husband to forgive me. He's forgiven me. It's under the blood. You have no right to bring condemnation on me. Amen. I said that out of my mouth. And guess what the devil did? Flew away. Why? Because I responded to him with the word. I responded to him with the word. Go to Psalms 103. Verse 10. I'm going to pick up in verse 10. All right. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. How much you know, God does not contend with us over our sins. God doesn't, God doesn't go, you sinful, sorry, no good, lazy, but, 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 but. God doesn't do that. That's the devil that does that. And you got the devil talking to you like that? You need to tell him, shut up. Shut up, devil. If you're telling me I'm a lazy person, that means I'm a busy person. That means that I, I'm, I mean, what's the opposite of lazy? Hard working. 
Oh, devil, you're telling me I'm lazy? Then that means I'm a hard-working person. You tell me I'm no good? That means I'm all kinds of good. You tell me I ain't worth nothing? That means I'm worth a lot. I'm worth a big fortune. Come on. Well, but, Pastor, that's really true. I mean, he's talking about things back there, and those things are true. No, those things were true. Yep. Those and, things are no and longer yeah, the devil might true. be calling you lazy, and maybe you just need to tell your flesh, hey, get up off your butt and go do, do the work. You know, I mean, and here's the deal. I deal with that. Listen, I deal with you're lazy. I deal with the devil bringing that against me. I deal with it all the time. Because, I, because I'm not as physically active, I don't physically do as much as I used to as far as like, I mean, used to, I mean, I'd get up and start cleaning or start working laborious from like the time I'd get up till 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. I mean, Michael would work third shift and he'd come home and I'd have the furniture be out on the front yard and the, and the, and the carpets would be getting pulled up the, and the front porch would be loaded up with carpet. And I mean, and I'm in there sweeping and scrubbing. He's like, I need to go to bed. And I'm like, okay. And I'm in there just still a doing and a going and a heaving and a hoeing and a pulling and a, and now I do, you know, I do some work and I'm like, I gotta sit down a little bit. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take, I, I, I can't push and pull and prod like I used to. Does that mean I'm lazy? No. One, it means I've learned to work smarter, not kill myself. Uh, and two, it just means I have to pace myself. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. It doesn't mean that. So the devil comes, oh, you didn't get this done, you didn't get that, no. No, devil, I didn't get that done. But you know what I did get done? I got meditating with God on on. I spent time with the Lord. I got this taken care of, and I got that taken care of. And you know what, devil? Where's the scripture that says I got to work like a dog all the days of my life? And he'll say, he'll bring that one up. Oh, consider the ant, how she laboreth, and carry all this and all that. Listen, I just tell him, I'm not an insect. And labor is not always physical. Do you know that you can work a mental job and it can be just as exhausting as a physical job? Do you know that? I mean, I mean, you can. You can. You can get up here in the pulpit and preach for an hour and a half, two hours, and I mean, just, oh, Lord, Jesus. All right, verse 11. It's laborious. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Now I want you to look at this, because we know, oh, God's removed our transgressions from as far from the east is from the west. But look at the scripture right before it. Look at the one right before it. He says, uh, for as heaven is high from the earth, so is his mercy toward them that fear him. So we're standing right here on a mountain in North Carolina, and it's a low mountain. When you go all the way up past the atmosphere, all the way up into the sky, through the atmosphere, through all of the space, and, I mean, you just keep going until you hit heaven. Guess what? As far as we can see in, through the space and all that, I mean, we can see far, far, far away. Uh, they still ain't hit heaven yet. From as far as where you stand all the way into the heavenlies where God is, that's how much mercy he has for you. That's how much mercy he has for your mistakes. That's how mercy is. You know, uh, the, we were talking with the, with the young adults uh, yesterday. I was talking with Derek some yesterday. Uh, and, uh, 
and uh, and he was kind of beating himself up a little bit over some stuff he's been through lately. And I looked at him and I said, Derek, I said, let me ask you something. He said, uh, he said, okay. He's beating himself up for not hearing, like for not holding strong to hearing from the Holy Ghost. I said, let me ask you something. He said, okay. I said, did you learn something about hearing from the Holy Ghost? Did you learn something about paying attention to your knower on the inside? He said, oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, I sure did. I said, then it's a win. Then it's a win. What is that? That's mercy. That's mercy. Yeah, you missed it. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you blew it. But now, but you learned something. What's that? That's looking to the, that's walking to love. You learned something. Okay, let's move on. I'm not going to sit there and, you sorry, no good. What's the matter with you? I've been teaching you for more than 10 years. You ought to know about You ought to know how to listen to yourself. What's the, I didn't do that to him. Yeah, where's your zipper? Let me pull that stupid out. Come on. No. I just looked at him and said, did you learn something? Yes, Pastor, I learned. Okay, good. Come on, let's get, let's pick it up. Let's move it. Let's go. Come on, come on. And that's how God is with us in our past. This and here's the other thing about your past: you can't change it. You cannot change it. You cannot fix it. So why torture yourself by living it over and over and over? Why get on the merry-go-round? Don't even get on that horse. Because all that horse does is go around like this, up and down. He's up and down, going around in a circle, up and down. Up and, listen, that's enough to make you nauseous. Get off that thing. Get off that thing and move on to the things of God. But look at this. Oh, so good. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. If God is faithful to take your transgressions that you have repented for and that you that may be under remission, because it depends on when you came into Christ as to what's under remission and what's under repentance. But either way, it's been washed away from your record. If he's faithful and just to remove it, as far, and what this for east from the west means, let's say this is east. If, you, if I start walking to the east and I never stop, I walk off the planet and I just keep going east forever, 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 and Zach gets, gets over here and he goes to the west forever, 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 and he never stops, guess what? We're never going because we're walking east and west. We're not walking in a circle. We're walking east to west, and guess what? The farther we get down the line, the farther away our sin gets from us. And that's, and that's how God treats our sin. But, here's, but we need to treat our past sins the same. We need to treat our own past sins the same. You need to lay that sin down. Okay, here's my sin. Boom, I repented. Now, I'm going to start walking west. Is my sin following me? Is my past following me? No, why? Because I set it down. And as far as I keep going... Listen, the sins that were in my life 20 years ago, there are 20, there's 20 years of distance between me and those sins. 20 years of distance. Well, I've only had, I've only, I'm only two days away from my sin. You're farther from your sin than you were two days ago. You just got to keep walking. Don't turn around and hook a chain around it and a lasso around it and say, okay, come on. 
and drag it. Come on, don't do that. Don't do that. No. You know, leave it behind. Leave it. Let it go. Release it. Release it behind you. I I don't know about y'all, but uh, I help myself and preach myself happy. Because sometimes the devil wants you to pick this stuff up. Sometimes the devil wants you to pick, and you just, now, well, Pastor, because I just hear it. It's still churning in my spirit. But, Pastor, how do I release it? How do I let it go? How do I do that? You begin to speak from your mouth. Begin to speak from your mouth. If it's something that needed to be repented, if you've already repented, then declare it's under the blood. I'm not thinking on that anymore. If you haven't repented, then go ahead and repent. Listen. I, I, was, I started to say I'm going to pick on Brianna, but honestly I've had this conversation with multiple people. I've, heard, I've, I've had people say, I'm like, just repent and move on. And they'll say, I'm not ready to repent yet. I'm like, well, what's it going to take to get you there? Are you, still in, are you still in the sin? No, I'm not doing it anymore. Then just repent. Yeah, I'm not there yet. What does it take to get you there? Yeah, I don't feel like it. Well, I mean, I could repent, but what if I mess up? Repent again. <laughs> I feel like I'm repenting 16 times a day. Guess what? Welcome to the club. We've all been there. Thank you, Jesus. Join, join that club, the Repenters Club. <laughs> Do you need a card? We'll get you a card. I, I've joined the Repenters Club. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't allow past sins, especially sins that you're not doing anymore, don't allow them to weigh you down. Immediately say, I mean, because here's the deal. If you're no longer sinning, you've already made the change of heart. So just go ahead and say out of your mouth, because remember we had to confess it. Go ahead and say out of your mouth, Father, I see that that was wrong. I've already stopped doing it. I've already changed my mind. I've already changed my actions. Father, I ask that you forgive me. And also, while you forgive me, I'm going to choose to forgive myself. I'm going to set it down. I'm not going to pick it up anymore. I'm putting it under the blood, and I'm going to continue to walk the way I'm walking because I've already fixed it. Yeah, say get away from me in Jesus' name. And go on and move. Now, but, but, I, but I've repented, but I just, it, just, it just keeps coming. It keeps coming because you allow the devil to keep bringing it. Do you hear me? It keeps coming because you allow the devil to keep bringing it. Don't allow the bird to make a nest in your hair. Uh, if you've been with us in the study of Revelations, uh, how much you know Jesus referred to the devil as a dirty bird? Don't allow the dirty bird to make a nest in your hair with thoughts. Take that, take that thought and say, you know, when he says, oh, but remember back there you did this, just simply say, devil, it's under the blood. I refuse to think on that. Now get out of here in Jesus' name. If you have to stomp your foot, stomp your foot. I mean, just tell him, just get in Jesus' name. It's under the blood. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you've got to stomp your foot at the devil. Sometimes you do. If it's an issue that needs forgiveness, make the decision, I forgive them, and then when the thought comes, you say, nope, say out of your mouth, nope, that, that situation's been forgiven. I don't carry the charge. Now feelings line up in Jesus' name. Listen, if you've got somebody around you and you think, man, they're going to think I'm crazy. You know, if I say that, if I say that, if I, you know, I'll walk through the house. Oh, shut up, Satan. Miss Ann will do it. She'll get on the treadmill. 
She's so fun. She gets on the treadmill. She's walking. She's doing good for a while. And she's kind of trying to come into the end, and it's getting hard. And she starts saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You shut up, you old stupid devil. I can do this. I'm doing it. I'm walking it. I'm do-. I mean, she gets to going at him. She does. And she starts quoting scriptures at him. And then she gets off the, off the, off the treadmill and goes, I got it. I did it. I'm going to do a little better tomorrow. And okay, you keep going, Mom. But here's the deal. If she wasn't dealing with it, she'd just get off the treadmill. She'd never make any progress. Amen. Not make any progress. You've got to speak. Well, what if they think I'm crazy? Well, if somebody thinks you're crazy, just send them to me. I'll straighten them out. Just send them to me. I'll straighten them out. I'll say, well, he's just being a... Yeah, <laughs> go talk to my pastor. She said it's okay to talk to herself. Talk to my... It's okay for me to talk to myself. And if they say... And honestly, you're not talking to yourself. Somebody says, who are you talking to? I'm talking to the devil. Excuse me? I'm talking to the devil. Well, I don't know what you want him to hear you. Oh, yeah, that's the very one I want to hear me. Uh, you, you, you say you got a pastor, right? Yep, I sure do. What's your pastor think about you talking about the devil? She's the one taught me to do it. You got a problem with it? Go talk to her. <laughs> I don't care. I'll go talk to him. Glory to God. Take up our tithes and offerings. All right. I guess Derek's going to come. And... Come on, Derek. <laughs> All right. Well, Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for, for um, helping you. us to lay our past down. We thank you for giving us a new and, 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 and soft heart that, that we want to lay our past down, Lord. We, we thank you, Lord, for making us well able to lay our past down. We thank you, Lord, that you will strengthen us and you will guide us and you will put laborers in our path to help us to lay our past down. Lord, we thank you that, that in laying our past down and, and seeking forgiveness and, and moving on and pressing towards you, that we come closer to you, Lord. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you that you will draw, as we draw close to you, you will draw close to us. And Lord, you, you will draw so close that there is no separation. And we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the gift of your son that he died on the cross so that there might be no separation between us. We thank you, Lord, and we love you with our whole heart. We thank you, Lord, for this word which grows on the inside and which falls on good ground, and and it will bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, we just just love you, and we thank thank you for your message, and we thank you for this day. It it was a glorious message, and we just thank thank you. you. And, Lord, we just want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. So we give into your kingdom with a joyful heart and a generous heart. We give so that your work can be done here on earth as it is in heaven heaven and we ask that you bless this offering that it go further than we could ever ask hope or think towards the furthering of your work here on this earth and lord we ask that you that you bless us for this offering that you that you that you return to us so that we can become a bigger blessing so that we that we can go do do more of your work and and lord we just ask that you lead us and guide us through the week that you keep us safe from harm and that you watch over us and that you send your angels out well, actually, we, yes, we, command, we the command the angels, angels, we to, command go. The angels to go out and, 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 and to watch over us and to watch over our Thank loved you, ones and to watch over our things. Because we, we, we can do that because your word says we can. And Thank Satan, you, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You cannot come to steal, kill, and destroy. You will not take this word and you will not come against our health or our things or our family in Jesus' mighty name. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Father, we thank you for making us a blessing so we can be a blessing. In Jesus' mighty name, Derek, you can serve the people. Yes.
いやいやいや